Welcome to Nerds at the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. I'm Dwayne. And I'm Sammy. And this week, we, uh, for the Nerd Alert, uh, once again, there's not one. Um, but we would love to feature you on our Nerd Alert. So if you would go to uh, Apple Podcasts and re- re- rate and review us there, um, love to have that. We would, uh, we'll read it on the air. Um, however, we prefer the five-star variety. Anything less than that, just give us the feedback through the email, roundtablenerds at gmail.com. Uh, we'll read that, just not on the air if it's negative. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but this week, we're going to do a classic movie that's one of Sammy's choices. So, Sammy, tell us what you picked. All right. So, I have chosen Superman the Movie. So, December 15th, 1978, Christopher Reeve, Gene Hackman, Marlon Brando, Margot Kidder, directed by Richard Donner, who before this had done The Omen. Uh, So, total big switcheroo here. Um, And, you know, I wanted to do this movie, one, because, you know, of course, I'm I'm a huge Superman fan, and this movie is the start of that. Between this movie and Super Friends on Saturday mornings, this is what really developed my love of the Superman character. And so this movie means a lot to me. Did you you see it in theaters when it came out? I did not. I saw Superman 2 in the theaters. This I watched a television broadcast was the first time I saw this movie. But Superman 2 I did see in the theaters. I saw this in the theater, the Cinderella Theater downtown here. Uh, when it was still functioning, uh, very wonderful, super early memory. Cool. Well, see, I, I'm not an old person, so I wasn't <laughs> when this movie was in theaters. So <laughs> I've, I didn't have the privilege of that experience. So, Jamie, just be glad we're not following Quantum Leap rules and you actually get to watch and talk about this movie. <laughs> Which I've got a question for you before we um, – get into the our keeping 100 which version did you all watch because there's multiple cuts of this thing there is i watched the extended edition that is not the director's cut so it was like two and a half hours long not the three hour long version right yeah i think i saw the theatrical cut it was pretty straight off the DVD. that was like an hour 59 i think yeah, yeah. Mark. the version i watched i streamed from my dc um subscription dc universe subscription and they've just got the regular theatrical but uh, i've watched the extended cuts enough to I, i've got a, an idea i want to bring in later on with from the extendeds that that make it really special so yeah but that's <laughs> all right. I love the theatrical <laughs> all right i think this is my first viewing of the extended version and we will come back to that so okay uh, well that's exciting yeah uh well let's take a short break and then we will Keep it 100. It's time to keep it 100. 100. 100. 100. All right. Um, Dwayne, you want to go first? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll go first with the keeping it 100 here. Um, I want to talk about a movie. I know a lot of times I veer toward the podcast and, and the music. Uh, but there are some movies that are near and dear to my heart. And I know we've talked about quite a bit of them, and I kind of waffled between a few that we had talked about in the past, just bringing those back to light. But a movie I have such fond memories of 
from this era of my childhood, a little bit later, and from being on the TV, it's uh, Steve Martin in The Jerk. (laughs) And it's not necessarily a family-friendly movie if you get the DVD. I made that mistake from seeing it knock the TV cut a lot of times. But uh, Steve Martin is, uh, you know, orphaned, raised by a poor black family in the Deep South, moves off to make it on his own, joins the circus, becomes a millionaire, loses everything, finds true love. Kind of. It's just a very strange and skewed journey. But Steve Martin, the jerk. (laughs) You guys are shaking your head. Has a dog whose whose name we cannot mention on this broadcast. (laughs) That that movie's not. It's not just not family friendly. I don't think it's brain cell friendly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he he completely devoted to that role. I mean, he he gave one hundred percent. That's the only thing he could have done with that role. (laughs) But I just have such such fond memories of that. And and, uh, going through my movies on the shelf, and I was like, oh my god, so great. It entertains me because you and I, like in terms of like action movies and sci-fi, have very similar tastes. When it comes to comedies, they couldn't be different. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Jamie, uh, very similarly to our childhood, we both grew up watching very inappropriate movies for our age. (laughs) (laughs) And this this is one of those movies that that my dad was a huge fan of and and him being a little bit more out there than my sweet little church-going mother. Well, my sweet little church-going mother was like, I remember watching this movie. You know, of course, we saw the TV cut of it. And when he, uh, when I purchased on DVD, I was like, yeah, let's sit down and watch it. And, it, and she's like, this is not what I watched. <laughs> <laughs> TBS changes the views on a lot of things. Yeah. You better believe it. <laughs> All right. Well, Sammy, are you ready? I'm ready, sir. All right. Fire away. Here you go. All right. So as some of you know, I collect comic books. I bet you didn't know that. Uh, But, uh, you know, (laughs) I'm one of those collectors who, over the years, I've had countless notebooks of books that I'm looking for. Uh, First appearance is important, you know, light runs and comics. But you know what? What happens when you're at that yard sale or that convention and you find that long box that you just have no idea what's good in it? Well, my Keeping 100 is actually an app called Key Collector, and you can search for character. You can search by titles. Uh, It does a wonderful synergy with uh, popular movie and television appearances. You get weekly updates, who's going to be the new first appearances for the new weekly books. Uh, So it's a really great reference if you are a comic book collector and need that additional uh, kind of reference when you're looking for new things. So my Keeping 100 is an app called Key Collector. Right. No sponsors, but maybe one day. <laughs> Sponsoring right. Nerds at the Round Table today is, but yeah. All right. Well, um, I think we're going to um, stay on brand again. So here we go. Uh, my Keeping 100 is a podcast called Dungeons and Demogorgons. It is, as you might guess, a Stranger Things podcast, and their whole sort of thing is that they do one episode at a time. Well, so one episode is tied to one episode of the show. I'm not explaining this very well. They watch one episode of the show, do one episode of their podcast, and 
Um, and they do one season recap at the end of every season. And if, if you're going through Stranger Things with withdrawal the way I am right now, um, that trailer we saw the other day is not enough. And so this, this podcast has kind of been a stand-in for me, helping me, you know, to, to, to get my Stranger Things feels. Um, it's, but it's full spoilers. And unlike our show, it is not family-friendly. Um, they drop all of the bombs, all of the, all of the later <laughs> bombs, all of them get dropped. Um, but the, the two guys that host it are incredibly funny. Um, they have a great chemistry with each other and they tend to binge watch and binge review. And so when season two came out, they reviewed all nine episodes in three days. Whoa. <laughs> so, well, yeah, not, not just watched it, watched it and reviewed it <laughs> in three days. Wow. Um, it's an incredibly entertaining podcast. I just, and the guys are so funny and I, I'm going through withdrawal guys. I need my stranger things. This is as good a stand in as there is. Dungeons well, I'm there with you. Demogorgons. Yeah. I'm there with you on the withdrawal from stranger things. I had been in denial and just kind of shut it out of my brain. And then this trailer, this little tease pops up and yep. just, just got everything cranking. Yeah. Yep. I need season four now. Yeah. Season four now. So, yeah, I know we reviewed Stranger Things, and it, and it seemed to have made a good grade. We had some great hosts on that show. But now we're here to talk about Superman. So what are the grades we're going to throw at Superman? All right, um, I'll go first. Um, All right. I wanted to give this thing an A-plus so bad. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. It's incredibly entertaining. There's so much heart. There's so many great performances. But there are a couple of things in this movie that are so bad, I had to take the plus off. Um, it's just a handful of little things that drive me absolutely bonkers. But So it's a, it's a solid A. I just couldn't okay. give it the plus. Gotcha. Okay. Hey. Uh, Sam, what say you? Uh, you know, I went A plus on this. Uh, <laughs> like I said, this is just such a huge part of my childhood. And this movie brings me so much joy. Uh, you know, yeah, it's not perfect. There are those little things, you know, but I just I, I cannot knock it down just for those couple couple little teeny things that to me are just just simply, you know, of the time, shall we say. So still entertaining. Still love it. Got to give it an A plus for me. OK, well, I'm in a similar boat to Jamie um, where I wanted so bad for this to be an A plus. I wanted so bad for this to be the perfect movie that I remember it being the, 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 the memories, but you know, watching it again, um, unlike Jamie, I went a little bit further. We're not out of a territory. So we went the a minus. We have the full range of A's. There we go. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I think a lot of it was necessary because there are some holes. There are some, some strange character things, um, that happens, and uh, you know, we'll get into those shortly. But yeah, I'm going with an A minus. Still a good grade. Yeah, still definitely. A good grade. Yeah. Still a good grade, and it's still yeah. a good movie. It's it still is. a good movie. So you know, as we prepare to go into our fan section, just like Christopher Reeve hanging from the gimbals in front of the fan, blowing the cape back. Let's take a small break before we go into our fan section. Marshall University's premier pop culture convention is back. HerdCon 2020, March 14th, 2020. 
with special guest Bo Smith, writer and creator of Winona Earp and Huntington Native. Come and enjoy pop culture herd style March 14th, 2020 at Marshall University. Find us on Facebook or Google HerdCon 2020 for more info. All right, Sammy, what was your biggest fan for this episode? All right, so my biggest fan for this movie is this movie, Richard Donner Gets Who Superman Is. Uh, over and over and over, I hear writers, producers, directors from comics to movies go, oh, Superman's just such a difficult character. We can't get him right. We don't know what to do with him. Just watch this movie. <laughs> Honestly, Donner establishes the three worlds that make Superman Clark Kent who he is. His heritage of Krypton, his formative years with Jonathan and Martha in Smallville, and then the family unit that adopts him in Metropolis. Mm. It's all here, perfectly set up. You know, this movie represents everything that this character should be. And truly, to me, it makes me believe a man could fly. So that's my fan. Well, if it's okay, I want to go next uh, sure. on the fan because mine leads right off of Sam's. You know, yeah, they got Superman right. No one else can get Superman right. Superman's a Boy Scout. But I think the thing that sells Superman, the thing that sells Metropolis to me, is Christopher Reeve's portrayal of Clark Kent. Reeve's portrayal of Clark is phenomenal to me. He. You know, and to go from the cool, calm demeanor of Superman to this bumbling, just super naive, sweet country guy, you know, trying to fit into this cutthroat newspaper in this crime-ridden city. <laughs> you know, Clark <laughs> is my hero in this movie. I, I, I feel I feel so much in love with him again, and. You know, I've I've been out of comics for a long time. I've been into the Marvel verse, you know, since Iron Man, you know, and then took the Scream by Storm. I've not been a DC fan because they've taken Superman to a really dark place. But Clark here is the heart and soul of this movie, and I think he sells it. All right. Well, uh, Dwayne just took my number one option. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go with my backup. Um, I had a backup fan because I was afraid if I went last, that would happen. Okay. Um, uh, so I, I'm going to – this is kind of a weird one. Um, just bear with me for a minute. Uh, this is a weird movie in a couple of ways. The Richard Donner made some strange decisions when making this movie, and they all worked. And so mm -hmm. I, I'm just – so my fan is how, they, how much they lead into the weird. We don't see Christopher Reeve for 45 minutes in this movie. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> The guy who plays Superman is not in this movie for 45 minutes, and it works. Mm -hmm. um, Krypton, man, that's a weird joint. I mean, it, <laughs> all those weird outfits that glow funny, the the crystals that just lay around on stuff, don't even attach to things and still make it through space. Um, the plot is strange. The like, this is going to blow up California's so with real estate to sell in Nevada. I mean, it's just such a strange plot. <laughs> and Lex and his cronies are so weird, and their dynamic together is so strange, but it so, works. Yeah. And so I, I just love how weird this movie is, and how it works so just effortlessly. Um, I love that they leaned into the weird. That's my thing. Awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you had a backup because I didn't. I'm glad I was sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, and, and Jamie, you're right. I mean, the way that that especially Lex and Tess Mocker and Otis interact. You know, I wonder what they're wearing. <laughs> oh, it looks like a noose. <laughs> I mean, just these little weird things. Yeah, I agree with you, but it just makes it so much fun. Yeah, it, it was a ton of fun. It was a ton of fun. No, that's not how that's not how Krypton looked in the comic books at the time, was it? No, no. Uh, Krypton was much more still that uh, golden age, silver age. Everybody could, you know have powers and very much sci-fi almost much more flash gordon this was the movie that kind of changed that and you see the comic change a little bit with this movie uh especially later on when richard donner works with jeff johns to do a superman story and i think action comics so you see a lot more of this kind of stuff so i don't know what brando was doing uh <laughs> I don't know how to. I didn't know how to work that into my my thing. <laughs> well, you know, you could think about it. Within the forty five minutes, you don't see Christopher Reeve. You see Brando. You see Susanna York. You see Henry Fonda. I mean, you see veteran actors that just pull you in and make you understand who who Clark is and where Clark comes from. And I think, even though it's a weird decision, ergo the numerous cuts of this movie that we have. Uh, you know, it, it works. So, agree totally. All right, guys, we've gushed. I think it's time to uh, throw our pants at this movie. Let's do it. All right, Dwayne, what is your pan, sir? My pan is Gene Hackman's hair. <laughs> <laughs> Lex Luthor is bald. <laughs> I understand that Hackman is an amazing actor. He's an amazing performer. He could inhabit many, many roles. I understand he has a massive ego <laughs> and apparently refused to wear the bald cap. <laughs> Except at the main end. What? There's like, what, 30 seconds of bald cap? 30 seconds of bald cap. <laughs> but yeah, that, that just took me out of it. I mean, and he done a great luther i mean as far as the mastermind and, and evil just it just in control and angry um but yeah that brought me every time he was on screen i was like he's great but i can't deal <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, even the whole wig collection in superman returns you know they it's tying off of this for kevin spacey's luthor you know, yeah. so it's very much an extension of the Donner movies. <laughs> All right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go next then. My my biggest pan is the 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 end, the finale, when he flies backwards to make the earth like flies backwards around the earth to make it to to turn back time. That's just so if stupid. I could turn back time. <laughs> I was going there. I was thinking the same thing. It's so stupid. And, and uh, Reeves is awesome. He's acting his tail off. Like oh, yeah. when he's when he turns back from like turns up from like um, Lois's you know corpse and screams and he's flying angry and like I buy it I believe him, but it's so stupid. <laughs> but that's yep. how this movie resolves that 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 we're. I felt like a little offended like they think we're stupid enough to buy that. <laughs> yeah, I 
as soon as they they go back to that wide view where they show him just zipping around the earth, I just start laughing. <laughs> and I, I, see, I think it's the only point where I just laugh at how dumb this movie is. I mean, it, yeah, it's the only point that. where I feel where it feels stupid. Yeah, you know, actually, Jamie, just to, to tie to that, that was my pan also. You know, as, as much as I love this movie, you know, the concept of reversing time this way, it's very almost very golden age comic book logic. You know, it's something you would have seen in a golden age, maybe some of the silly kind of silver age stories that, that came out. Uh, you know, and for a movie whose motto was verisimilitude, you know, this idea of keeping – real making it feel real you know that may have been the motto but but this scene defies logic you know and yeah. once again like i'm not questioning christopher reeve and his emotion his emotion is just dead on it's believable uh, mm -hmm. you know the whole night but it's the execution of you know the scene itself you know and how he reverses time i mean i think if they wanted that they could have done something a little different you know, to be able to realize that instead of turning the planet backwards and rewinding <laughs> the uh, planet. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's how time travel works. <laughs> but you know, but you know, and, unfortunately, he should have stopped a few times. Go, no, nope, that's not the right spot. <laughs> no, nope, that's not the right spot either. You know? <laughs> oh, I remember rewinding cassettes. <laughs> Yeah, I remember getting the pencil out, just turning it. So oh, yeah, I guess it did yeah. kind of work on cassettes, but yeah. Anyway, I just it drove me crazy. Yeah. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to highlight, Sammy? Or was that your one? That was my big pan. You know, that's yeah. the biggest thing in this movie. That, like I said, when when I said before, it's an A plus, and there's those few things that really kind of knock it for me. Just the teeny things. This is one of those things. Um, All, right, well, yeah. all right. Well, since we're short of pan, can I ask you guys a question in place of a, a third pan? Sure. Okay. So the guy that plays young Clark, did his makeup bother you? His no, I completely did. bought it. Jeff East is the yeah, actor. Jeff East is who played it, uh, but his wig bothered me because <laughs> it his didn't look nose, like his hair. Yeah, his nose was wrong. They tried to make him have Chris Reeve's nose. And yeah, it's, it's off colored almost like ninety percent of the time he's on screen. Well, it and then like, go ahead. Uh, it's just it's a like, a like 15 shades darker than his regular skin tone, and it just looks yeah. strange. I kept looking at his nose whenever he was on screen. <laughs> yeah, they dubbed Christopher Reeve over a lot of his lines anyway, so <laughs> and didn't tell him they were going to do it. Yeah, I know. He was wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But I All thought right, he did a really good job acting. Uh, I mean, well, he I was thought, one of the finalists. He, he was almost Superman. Oh mm -hmm. wow. That's that's cool. That's cool. You know, I hate to leave this section of the show on such a, a, a down note with the pans. I would love to bring attention to the soundtrack of this movie, if you guys don't mind. John yep. Williams, uh, you know, hit another home run. Yep. After Jaws, after Star Wars, before Close Encounters, this, I mean, this is classic symphonic cinema and apparently for those three movies use the exact same orchestra and like the same recording space yeah so so it kind of like makes sense they sound similar in some ways but like it's just a yeah it, that's a great run of soundtracks yeah and it's and it, like it's such an iconic you know we, we've talked about that word motif before 
you know, it's, it's so iconic that everybody knows it, you know, from the moment it opens up, bum, 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 bum. I mean, you're ready for that big swell, you know, and just that that sound. Well, if you guys don't mind, after our announcement of our next quest at the end, I want to pitch a little something and maybe add something on to the end of the show. So stick a pin in this and remind me later. All right. Okay. Okay, now let's get a break and into our awards. Graphically Novel. Three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week. Listen as the brothers Fugit discuss classic and not-so-classic graphic novels. Subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice. Graphically Novel. Three brothers who like each other but love comics. And we are back with our awards. Jamie. Alright, so the first award is on our best performance. Best performance, I went with Christopher Reeve for a very specific point that I wanted to make. Um, he is killing it in both roles in ways that mm-hmm. no one else has ever even approximated. Um, and it's not just that he's good at both. Um, it's that there are these little moments where he lets Clark slip into Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about the smile after the helicopter is when he walks away and, and Lois can't see him. He slips for a second and there's that human smile. He's not being, you know... Superman, you know, and being epic, there's a little sly smile. Um, and there's moments where Superman slips into Clark. Think about the bullet catch and the Superman smile he gives. Yeah. Those are really subtle things that no one else has done. Like, Henry Cavill's a pretty good Superman. He's a terrible Clark. Um, I and, and the people around them at the Daily Planet, like, you all have to be stupid not to know that Henry Cavill's Superman. <laughs> right. so think, about, think about the like when Dean Kane was on the TV show. You had to be an idiot not to know he was Superman. <laughs> but 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 when Christopher Reeve is Clark Kent, he's Clark Kent. He's not Superman. I can completely buy not figuring it out that he's Superman. He's a completely different person. Uh, and you think about the moment when he considers revealing himself to Lois, and he comes up from the hunch, the voice changes, he becomes another person. He's a different guy. Yeah. And no one else has done that, and especially as effortlessly as he does. And so... I mean, I couldn't even think of anyone else to, to give the best performance to for this. And I just – I love the way he does both things so well. Yeah. I do believe that is the right answer. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I'm in the same boat. Um, you know, Reeves plays that duality so well. I mean – and I even have in my notes, he makes the concept of the secret identity completely believable. You know, people always talk about how do they not know it's not Superman. Once again – Watch this movie, right? I mean, if you go back and you look at all the different people who have played Superman, uh, you know, in the old radio series, Kirk Allen changed his voice, but it was the radio, so you didn't have the physicality. He would use his lower registers for Clark and then then go deeper when he was doing Superman. You know, this is a job for Superman. You know, it's that kind of thing. You know, George Reeves played a much more heavy Superman. He was, or heavy Clark Kent. He wasn't the bumbling Clark Kent. He was, he was pretty much a a tough guy. You know, and Henry Cavill plays the same way, you know, plays the tough guy. This is the only version of Clark that makes that idea of the bumbling Clark Kent believable and works. And and it worked in real life. Cause uh, like there are people like I've heard, like I did a lot of research for this and not like a ton, but I did some, and like, they were, like the studio they were filming at, 
like one of the other actors I'm working on a different movie would watch. He would walk, he would watch, you know, Chris Reeve walk to say as Superman and like women would cat call him. They would stare. He would, he was getting ogled hard and like people were like women were swooning. And then when he would walk to say it as Clark Kent, nobody even looked at him. I mean, yeah. he was that good. Like it even worked in real life. Oh yeah. I don't doubt it. Yeah. Christopher yeah. Reeve, a masterful actor, masterful actor. Sam, was that your, uh, was that your pick as well? Yeah. That was my best performance. Okay. Also, it was Christopher well, Reeve. that, that was mine too, but I had a backup. There was a couple in here that I had backups for, and, and I knew Christopher Reeve was such an obvious choice. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Jamie had mentioned you know, earlier that, you know, Christopher Reeve was not in 45 minutes of this movie. You know, we have a whole other cast at the first half and I want to highlight Glenn Ford as Paul Kent. Yeah. Um, you know, he sold the weight of finding this orphan in such a strange way and, and how he tried to instill in him some morals and respect and, you know, uh, restraint and how to interact with the world that may not ever accept him. Uh, he was good. Uh, and yeah. I, I think and you can see like um, the, the way he would have that sort of like place of respect in Clark's life. You, you just you get that off of Glenn Ford. Yeah. Yep. You know, and that's such an important role in a Superman movie. You know, if you're doing an origin, Pa and Ma Kent are, are two important people that you've got to play right in order for us to get Superman the way he should be. And I agree with Dwayne. Glenn Ford did such a fantastic job. You know, just the, the subtlety showing off a bit, aren't there? Aren't you there, son? You know, I mean, just that little bit of thing. And it's like, oh, I know, Paul. <laughs> yep, just those little lines made made that. All right, Dwayne, that was a good call, man. What, what's your best scene? My best scene is kind of uh, – I know this is a little early for the montage, and it's not really – laid out as a montage but there's a series of superman saving the day mm-hmm. uh, you know when he when he's first reveals himself as superman uh, that i love that part of the movie that they got it right you know they they just got that part right um that's a good one um, i'm with a different one um my my best scene is the interview between superman and lois um it's such a charming scene, and she is I, – I love – I mean, it's my favorite Margot Kidder moment in the movie, too, because she's this take-charge, you know, tough you know, business lady. You know, she's a professional, whatever. But when she's just around Superman, she just kind of falls to pieces, you know, yeah. and she can't – and I, I just love the way he disarms her and, and the way they kind of flirt, you know, and it's just – I love it. I love the way the dynamic changes with her and Clark versus her and Superman. Yeah. And it's just such a fun scene. And their, and their chemistry really shines there. Do, do, do you like pink? Yes, I like, <laughs> I like pink very much. <laughs> <laughs> and she's trying to put him off in that scene. You know, that's yeah. it. She's trying to put him on the defensive with that question. And he just sidesteps it and knocks it right back to her and totally puts her off her game. And that's yeah. why those two characters work. To me, that's why Clark and Lois and the whole Superman triangle works. So, um, all right. So my best scene, I, I cheated to the touch. Okay, I pulled the scene from the extended cut. All right, and the reason I pulled it is because, you know, now in in comic books and in movies and television, we love these little homages and pullbacks to the past. 
Uh, and we get a big one here, and this is one of the first times we see this. Uh, in the scene where young Clark Kent, Jeff East, is racing the train, Okay, there's a little girl who's looking out with binoculars. In the regular cuts, you just see her turn, and she pecks, pecks, pecks on her mom, and you don't see the any dialogue. But in the extended cut, you see the dialogue. Her mother says, oh, Lois, you have a writer's gift for imagination. So not only is that a young Lois Lane, but the actress is Noelle Neal, who played Lois Lane in The Avengers of Superman. Her father is Kirk Allen, who played Superman in the 40s serials. Oh, wow. Wow. So it's just this fantastic moment that – and like I said, this is one of the first times we see this. Now it's just kind of a standard. You know, Dean Cain shows up on Smallville. Uh, you know, different people are brought back. Terry Hatcher shows up on – you know, Supergirl or, you know, anything like that. We tend to see this a lot, but this was one of the first times we see it. And I love that scene. Just the fact that Noel Neal and Kirk Allen both are there. So. Okay. Sam question. Yes. Since this was a young Lois Lane, I understand it was a younger Clark uh, Kent, but he's still maybe high school. <laughs> yeah. Don't Is think about it. He's high school. school. Do, do no math. <laughs> no, don't think about it. Now, now no remember, math. this is before he went to the fortress. So this was before the fortress and spent 18 years in the fortress. So, okay. or 12 years or whatever it was. Yeah, I thought it was 12. Because okay. he's like 30 by the time he comes out of the fortress. <laughs> time no time worked differently. No math. No math. Comic movie. No so what we're doing is comic book math. Okay. That's right. We're, we're doing comic math. Which is great because that, that ties back to my best quote in a moment. So. All right. Well, what's your best character, Sam? Best character for me was Lex Luthor. I mean, Gene Hackman knew what he was doing in this part. I mean, he wasn't, you know, this wasn't the French connection. He knew it. This is him playing Luthor, and he does it wonderfully. He is equal parts intelligent, humorous, but still menacing. And to me, that makes him a good Lex Luthor, despite the the silliness and the Mrs. Test mockers and the him smacking on Otis and all that kind of stuff. You know, you want to see a long arm, Otis? You want to see a long arm? <laughs> you know, great stuff of things. Um, you know. He, he still plays it well, so he's my best character. Do I know you got me? Um, my, my best character, um, I'm going with Otis. <laughs> Ned Beatty. He, Ned played, Beatty. he played this guy. Such an idiot. And he is a foil not only to Superman, but to Lex as well. And he's a foil to himself a lot of times. He just <laughs> is out there and just kind of not knowing which way is up, what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I love his character portrayal, and it's one of the performances that always stuck out to me in this movie. When Hackman goes, you were followed, and he jumps around. <laughs> Spins around. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> well, know, I, I, I want to see Ned, Ned Beatty's Otis... And Robert Wool's character from Batman '89 in a comic together. <laughs> Alexander Knox meets Otis. 
Well, I'm going to be Captain Obvious, and I went with Superman slash Cartoon. I just, I love him. I I tried to think of every way I could give an award, the the award, all the awards to Christopher Reeve this evening. I just, I I love the guy, and I've never liked Superman more. I'm more, I mean, as far as DC goes, I'm more of a Batman guy. Um, But man, there's something magical about Christopher Reeve as Superman, and I just, I love the guy. and it's and it's and it's both roles. It's 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 the duality of Clark and Superman. It's just so powerful and such an amazing character here. And you're right. I mean, you mentioned earlier about how Donner got Superman. Other people don't. Yeah. Um, I like I like the Man of Steel movie, but it's not the same Superman, and it's no. it's not it's not the same feel. And I just I love the, the guy, the way they play him here. I just love it. You know, and despite Superman three and Superman four maybe not being the best movies, Christopher Reeve is still just great. Yeah. You know? I mean, he is the saving grace of those movies. So, and 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 this movie and his and his portrayal of Superman is so good that like, I'll let three and four slide. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got these. We got this one. Yeah, we got these first two. It's okay. Totally. Right, hey, so another quick little thing, and I know we got to go, but um, the the baby Clark, the little mood baby that comes out. Um, that actor was actually in Man of Steel. He was one of the the tech guys for the army with with Wanderson. Uh, oh, wow. They they even had him doing. I can't remember what his name is, but uh, they even brought him back for that. Talking about those little homages. So, <laughs> well, what's your uh, what's your best quote, Sammy? You know, best quote for me, and, and on a lot of reasons, I love this. So on a lot of levels, um, you. You've got me. Who's got you? <laughs> I just love that. The, the the first instance of who Superman is and meeting Lois Lane and her just being flabbergasted. And I always think about the first episode of The Big Bang Theory. They're discussing the physics of that scene and how he <laughs> should cut her in two when he picks her and then he grabs her. Uh, I always remember the first episode of, the, of that show – where they're debating that and they're going, no physics, he cut her in two, you know, but yeah, I love that quote. You know, and, and I've, I've used it every once in a while, just, and I can. <laughs> so again, comic book math. That's right. That's right. Comic book physics this time. <laughs> well, uh, no, he, he had to slow his velocity just enough to match her velocity. There we go. <laughs> Well, I, I, now that you brought that up, I want to just hop in for a second. Um, Marco Kidder is really good in this movie. We haven't mentioned yeah. her enough yet. Um, I know there's a lot of stuff going on in her life, but we don't really get this Marco Kidder back for the rest of the movies. Um, but she is so good here. And I think she, she gets overshadowed by Christopher Reeve and by what happens after. Yeah. But uh, she, she is fantastic as Lois Lane in this movie. Um, Dwayne, what, what's your best quote, man? Yeah, this cast was near perfect. Um Lex Luthor, speaking of comic book uh, math, I'm going to comic book literature. Uh, Lex Luthor, when he's talking to uh, to Otis, and he says, some people read War and Peace and come away thinking it's a great action book. Some people read the back of a chewing gum wrapper and come away with the secrets to the universe. I just love that little spiel of like how he understands that you can take something great and just not get it at all. And then you could take the most mundane and it's, and it's 
mind blowing on on levels. Yep. Uh, yeah, he he did blow Otis's mind when he said that. <laughs> it didn't take much. Well, I I went with a different Lex quote. Um, I wanted to go with the what the you know the two what does two hundred mean to both of us kind of deal. I didn't go with that one though. Um, my it's when he's talking to Superman. He says, "There's a strong streak of good in you, Superman, but then nobody's perfect. Almost nobody." And I love what's captured in that one little quote. It captures this sort of the inherent goodness of Superman, mm-hmm. but also the depravity of Lex. You know, yeah. he's such an awful guy that he thinks you know that little goodness ruins perfection. You know, it just mm-hmm. it says so much about Lex, and it's a good line. And he also alludes to himself being perfect. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. almost nobody. almost no one well speaking of almost perfect this movie was made in 78 we have a lot of effects what didn't hold up to you guys what is something in this movie that did not hold up uh well i'll go first because there's an obvious one to me um the running scene that looks so bad <laughs> I don't I mean I would rather watch the stop motion like, miniature than what they had Jeff East doing it right. just looks it looks terrible even for 78 it looks bad it, it's, yeah it stood out it's kind of strange I mean it's a year after Star Wars you can make things look good <laughs> still alright Sammy what you got man all right, so probably my worst dated element is the whole scene where Superman is lifting the San Andreas fault. Uh, that CSO work is not very good at all. <laughs> you see him crouching. You see this whole thing lifting up, all the reds and the yellows of the molten core. Uh, and then you get to see this lovely picture of just land popping back up into space because you know they've reversed this from some piece of footage probably somewhere from the news uh just, just, run, it back, just run it backwards just just rewind that that'll work you know to watch land being pushed back up by this one guy going you know? but yeah that that definitely is some special effects that didn't stand the test of time yeah. Okay. Well, my my thing that didn't hold up to me, it's it's two words symbolizing one thing. It's a Marlon Brando. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not great, like Krypton? <laughs> great actor. I know he's you know coming off of The Godfather and things. Don't know that he knew what he was making here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he cares. Yeah, I don't think he cared. Yeah, he just he just showed up, put this on me. What do I need to say? Hey, he got top billing, so come on. <laughs> and the most money. Yep. He got more money than Hackman. You better yep. believe it. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, if someone has a bigger ego than Hackman, it's going to be Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's got a bigger ego than Brandon. I, just, I, wanted, I wanted, him to, wanted him to say something to the effect, though, you know, leave the crystals, take the canoe, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, as he's banishing Zod. <laughs> but yeah, there's, but there's but there's some other stuff in here too, like the uh, when the little girl gets slapped, and that's played off for laughs in 1978. I was horrified by that. Yeah. And there's the whole non-consensual kissing all throughout this movie. 
<laughs> they would not film those scenes today. I mean, no. There's a lot of options here. No. Um, yeah, especially the test locker scene with the soldiers. That was rough. <laughs> Larry Hagman. <laughs> <laughs> J.R. Ewing there for yeah. uh, those Dallas fans. <laughs> but that, that's enough being mean. What's our best groundbreaking element of this movie? Sammy, what you got, man? All right. For me, you know, what makes this – you know, like I said, we go back that that motto on set, verisimilitude. It was to me it was the flat things, and some of that was the wire work. A lot of that was Christopher Reeve. You know, in that especially that scene in the fortress when he first flies out, and then he banks. He did that himself. He pulled his body to be able to do that bank because he knew it would make it look more believable. And more real. Uh, so I love the flight scenes. You know, the Can You Read My Mind scene with Lois. To me, those were the elements that really still stood up pretty well in this. Um, especially if you compare it, like I said, to George Reeves' Adventures of Superman. And you kind of go from there. He's not just laying on a, uh, a, a slab and they're moving him up and down. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, it makes so. sense that he did, he did it so well. He was like a, a licensed hang glider. Like he was super into gliding, and so yeah, he yeah. understood like the physical dynamics of it. Yeah, he was a very, very fit person. Uh, you know, uh, I know he uh, had a, you know his accident uh, horseback riding. Uh, you know, but like you said, he is hang gliding his sports. He was a very fit person, uh, as you can see him in the Superman costume. Uh, well, you know, his amazing. trainer was uh, David Prowse. Yeah. So Vader David himself. Prowse. Darth Vader was his trainer. So. And they and they overdid it. One of my favorite little uh, little background things I found this week is so they, they filmed all of the flying stuff before the rest of the production. And he had just started working out when they filmed those. He and Prowse worked him out so hard. By the end of the movie, they couldn't use it. had to refilm it all because he had gotten so big during so the big. filming of the movie. Yeah, he kept oh, wow. working out the entire filming. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to echo what Sam, I'm going to jump in here with the best groundbreaking thing, and that is the only thing I thought, the only thing I consider, they got the flying right. They nailed the flying. They got it so perfect. That's that's Uh, what made this. Well, I'm taking a slightly different angle on mine. Um, Mine's the attitude of the movie. Um, A lot of, before this movie, a lot of the superhero type stuff was played for laughs or it was campy. Um, and here they didn't do that. They didn't make fun of what they were making. Um, they weren't embarrassed to be making this movie. They just made a good movie. And they took yeah. it seriously. Yeah. They approached it with a lot of heart and a lot of, and they had fun with it. But they weren't like, you know, horrified and afraid for their careers because they were doing this. They just made a good movie. And, I'll, yeah. and, and that approach carried on after that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That And that speaks a lot to, you know, Clark, uh, those characters, you know, the, the honesty of the movie. Yeah. Uh, like the attitude, yeah. They knew what they were making. They didn't do it so much tongue in cheek. There are those elements, but the movie is just pure and honest. Agree. I agree completely. But you know, speaking of the purity, some of the most excellent things <laughs> in moviedom <laughs> is our beloved Keanu Reeves. How? Does Superman? How does Krypton connect to Keanu? <laughs> Jay. All right. Uh, Marlon Brando um, played a small role in this movie, made a lot of money to do it. 
And I was horrified um, doing the background study for this movie by his his attitude toward everything, apparently. Um, he hadn't worked into his contract. Despite how much money he was making, he was only going to work for 12 days. Um, whether they got the shots or not, they only had him for 12 days and he was gone. Um, he apparently refused to pronounce Krypton correctly. That's why we have Krypton in the movie. Apparently, he was corrected on set and refused to pronounce Krypton. Um, he refused to learn his lines. Um, the scene where he's putting his uh, the the baby Kalil in the in the little spaceship crib thing, and he's saying the lines. He refused to learn his lines. The lines are printed on the baby's diaper. He read them off of the <laughs> diaper for that scene. Um, he apparently refused to do more than one take for anything. It's all one take in this movie. Um, but that is not the counter connection. I just wanted to share all the horrifying details I learned of Marlon Brady. <laughs> Gene Hackman, Lex Luthor himself, coached our beloved Keanu in The Replacements. Yes. And that is the sweet yes. Keanu connection. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad for that. And with that, we have our Keanu connection. <gasps> All right, guys. Thanks for humoring me on that one. Um, there was more too. Just, it was it was horrifying for the human to that to other people. Uh, but our next quest is one of Dwayne's choices. Uh, Dwayne, you picked Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Why that one? Well, this is probably my favorite of that series. You have Harrison Ford. You have Sean Connery. You have this. Of course, the first movie they were going after the. Ark of the Covenant. Now they're going after the Holy Grail, much like Monty Python did. So, and you have a little bit older Indiana as well. You know, uh, Indiana always seeming to struggle with the action and doing these things. You know, he's he's even struggling a little bit more here. And then you see our beloved Sean Connery getting into the action. So, yeah, our next uh, movie review will be Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So check that out. And a great connection here to our Superman is the John Williams soundtrack yeah. uh, that he has done for all of the Indiana Jones movies to date. And, he, you know, with the Superman 78. What I wanted to tie in earlier, there is an acapella group called Moose Butter. Okay. <laughs> they... In around 97, 98, they released an album titled CD, S-E-E-D-E-E. And on there they have a John Williams medley, starting with the Indiana Jones theme, going to the Superman theme, Jaws, uh, Jurassic Park, all with Star Wars lyrics up to the Phantom Menace and how they're so excited for the Phantom Menace. And I've listened to that so much that I cannot watch Indiana Jones and I cannot watch <laughs> without hearing those words as this music plays. So if it's okay with you guys, I'm going to tag that on to the end of this episode. It is so much fun and You'll you'll enjoy it. There's and I found it out. There's a a kid on uh, YouTube that had uh, lip synced it, and he had uh, put his face four times and done each part and synced it all up. And 
it, it's just a ton of fun. But Moose Butter City, that, that's kind of like another keeping it 100 here at the end. But until... It just we, to throw out, they have a second album called Utter, U-D-D-E-R, One. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... I'll have to check it out. Yeah. So <laughs> all of their music, all of their music revolves around pop culture stuff. They have a Harry Potter, uh, yeah, medley, yeah. Have all sorts of, things. and they are so hilarious. But uh, yeah, uh, until we return with our next review episode, as you're enjoying the dulcet tones of Moose Butter, you're gonna have to keep it nerdier than ever. You must use the force. 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 Time ago, far, far away, long time ago, far, far away. Kiss a Wookiee, kick a toy, fly the Falcon through an asteroid, till the princess is annoyed. This is spaceships, it's monsters, it's Star Wars, we love it, come and help me. Obi-Wan. X-Wing fighter and the blaster gun Dance with Ewoks, so we're fun This is spaceships, it's monsters, it's Star Wars, we love it Get in there, you big furry oaf I couldn't care less what you smell I take orders from only me Maybe you'd like it back in your cell, your highness, your worshipfulness, your highness, your worshipfulness. No one cares if you upset a droid. Cares if you That's upset because a droids droid. don't tear your arms out of socket. Nobody cares. I suggest a new strategy. Let the Wookiee win. That's because nobody cares if you upset a droid. I was gonna go to Tashi. Station for power converters Now I guess I'm going nowhere It just isn't fair You don't know anything about women. Kiss your brother, kiss your brother. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Look on your father. It is useless to resist. Come with me, my son. We will rule. Search your feelings. It is true. So you have a twin 
sisterhood. Obi-Wan was wise to hide. If you will not turn, then perhaps she will give in to your hate. You are mine. Long, long, long time ago, far, far, far away. Kiss a Wookiee, kiss a Wookiee, take control, put away the Falcon, fly the Falcon to the last arroyd, put away the Princess, she's a knight, this is spaceships, it's monsters, it's Star Wars, we love it, it's true. Episode 3, 2005, so let's go, 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 to the movie, cause it's all, what's the time? John Williams is the man.